good morning, Spirit Church. How's everybody doing today? Come on, let's stand to our feet. We've got a great service planned for you this morning. All right, come on, would you sing this out with me? Just one word, you calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word, the darkness has to retreat. Just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word. You hear what's broken inside me. Just one word. And you revive every Just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one touch, my eyes were open to see. My heart can't help but believe. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can do there's nothing that our god can do there's not a prison wall he can't break through oh praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god can do Come on, do you believe that this morning? There's nothing he can't do. All right, come on, sing this out with me. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe. For greater things, there's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise, let all agree. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall He can't break through. Oh, praise the name. That makes a way. There's nothing that our God can. 
it. Come on, can we give him a shout of praise this morning? He's worthy. He's worthy. At this time, let's continue into worship. Come on.
like to invite our prayer team to the front. If you have a need or a prayer, we would love to connect with you this morning and agree with you in prayer. It was my cross you bore So I could live In the freedom you died for And now my life is yours And I will sing Of your goodness forevermore Worthy is your name Jesus, you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Jesus, you deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Your glory fills 
this place You alone deserve our praise You're the name above all names It's Psalm 145.1 It says, I will exalt my God the King I will praise your name forever and ever Great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Praise Him this morning for He is worthy. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. just praise his name for a moment. God, we thank you, Lord. You are worthy to be praised. God, we thank you for your presence in this place today. God, we thank you that you're moving. We thank you that you're here. God, thank you, Lord, that we can just call on your name. God, that you're there with us. God, that you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, I, I thank you for the strengthening of our hearts, God, as we're together and that we're worshiping your name. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, you've been so good to us. God, we just love you. We acknowledge you in this place. God, we give you praise. We thank you. Weekly, we acknowledge God and say the Lord's Prayer together in the spirit of unity. And it's such a blessing to have everyone here. And we get to say this prayer together. So if you enjoy me, um, let's just pray the way that, again, Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Can we give him praise this morning? What an incredible God we serve. Well, I'm so excited that you're here today. Thank you so much for coming and being at Spirit Church this morning. I'm excited for what God has. Uh, but before we get to that, won't you turn and, and greet someone, meet someone, uh, and then you can have a seat this morning. Welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Gabby, and we're so honored that you chose to join us today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we would love to connect. 
If you're here in person, you can scan this QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your Connect card or your guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and to let us know how we can serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't feel any pressure to give. But if you're here and you would like to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the Commons area. You can give online on our website at spirit.church give. Or you can use our Church Center app. Spirit Church, thanks for your generosity so that we can continue to share love, joy, and peace with our community. Now I've got a few announcements for you. Our next Growth Track class is next Sunday, October 1st at 11 a.m. If you're interested in becoming a member, serving on a spirit team, or just learning more about our church, this class is for you. If you would like to attend, please sign up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. All 6th through 12th graders are invited to Spirit Youth's Taco Bell Olympics this Wednesday the 27th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This is our event that follows See You at the Pole, and we'll have free Taco Bell, cool prizes, and Taco Bell-style games, so make sure your students don't miss it. And lastly, on Sunday, October 8th, we are celebrating Spirit Church's 99th birthday. This will be a special day as we look back at all of the amazing things that God has done through Spirit Church and look ahead to the bright future that he has prepared for us. Spirit Church, you're the best, and thanks for listening. Now let's get out our message notes as Pastor Jason comes to conclude our message series on followership. Good morning. As you can tell, I have a lot of material to get to, so we're going to dive right in. <laughs> That's okay. Just kidding. Don't get nervous. But actually, last week, I went 15 minutes over in this service, and so I owe you 15 minutes back from last week. But the week before, when I was in Ecuador, Grant let you out five minutes early, so I feel like we're kind of, we're almost even here on this, so I'm just going to be faithful to the Word and preach, if that's okay with everybody. Even if it's not, that's what I'm going to do anyway, so... Hey, I want to start where we've been starting this uh, whole month talking about this series on followership with the purpose of Spirit Church, and it's just those two simple words to please God. That's why we exist. That's what everything that we do, that's the filter we run it through. Are we pleasing God? And if we're not pleasing God, we're not going to do it. If we are pleasing God, if it's pleasing to Him, we're going to do it. And then we combine that with our mission statement, which the mission of Spirit Church is to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, the last, and the lost. And the two most important words on the screen right now are the words Jesus Christ. It's his love, joy, and peace. It's not ours. 
We didn't manufacture it or make it up. We encountered it. We experienced it. And then we want to, in turn, share it with people who we come in contact with. Sometimes we get questions, what are those words, least, last, and lost? What does that mean? Is that just a cool, like, is it called alliteration, Coach Emily? Alliteration. She's a math teacher, but she would know anyways because she's smarter than me. But the least is our children and youth. It's those who can't speak up for themselves. And so we want to share love, joy, and peace with our children. The last are those who are marginalized and down and out by society. And so we want to do things like partner with Agape, partner with Hope Clinic, and have outreaches to our community. And then the lost are those who are far from God, regardless of what status they are, regardless of what's going on. There are people who are far from God. I tell people all the time when they ask me, you know, 20, almost 27 months now you've been there, what do you think? I love Bartlesville. It's amazing. We love this town so much. But there's still a lot of broken people. There's a lot of hurting people that need Jesus. And you can, be, you can be very rich and still be hurting. And you can be very poor and still be hurting. And people need Jesus. And so as a church, this is our mission, is that we share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, last, and the lost. About once a month, I try to take just a few moments at the start of the message to give you what I call a spirit church update. Just talk about some of the things that are taking place in the church and keep you involved. There's two reasons I do this. The number one reason that I do this is because I hate Satan. And because Satan will try to bring division and confusion. And, well, didn't he say this? Well, aren't they doing this because of this? And I hate Satan, and so we're going to have everything out in the open. The second reason that I do this is because I love unity. And God says how good and pleasing it is when we operate and we live in unity. So when we're all thinking along the same lines and we're all uh, operating in the same ways, then we have unity there. So one of the ways that we are sharing the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, last, and lost is through our missions giving. And up to date, you have given $110,691 to missions this year. Come on. Now that number doesn't include the $32,000 that you gave towards Israel back at the start of the year. It doesn't include the money that you have given towards Convoy of Hope, helping feed people around the world. So that's realistically closer to $162,691. But that number doesn't include the money that people have spent to put themselves on missions trips, the Speed the Light money that Pastor Daniel and Emily and our students have raised, the BGMC money that Pastor Sherry and Donnie and our boys and girls have raised. And so it's amazing to see how much when we all work together when we all give how much can be accomplished for the kingdom and as you've heard me say some of those funds $25,000 went to Alaska to help fund that project $25,000 went to Ecuador to fund that project just this month we sent $5,000 to Ireland for a pastor's conference to help train pastors in Ireland just this month we sent another $5,000 to Africa and we're providing scholarships for African pastors so that they can go to Bible school men and women who have never gone to Bible school, had no formal training, just feel a call of God to be a pastor or a church leader in their village or community. And because of your faithful giving, we were able to send a $5,000 check to help scholarship pastors in Africa. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for making it happen. We're able to support 90 missionaries and ministries every month, some of which are like the Quinns who are seated right here on the second row. Great to see Adam and Sarah Quinn from Costa Rica with us this morning. And it's your giving that helps produce people like this. Amazing, quality, first-class people. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. 
I knew his mom would say amen. wasn't sure about his dad, but I knew his mom would say amen right there to put them on the field. Missions is about praying, and we pray for our missionaries. We pray for a move of God around the world. Missions is about giving. We give to missions, as I just talked about, but it's also about going. And I announced last week that we're going to do two, if not three, trips this upcoming year. I've got more information for you today. Our first trip will be back to Alaska. We'll go to Bethel, Alaska, June the 27th through July the 5th. So once again, we'll get to be in Alaska on the 4th of July. Really great trip. Uh, So many good memories from that. And then the second trip is Lusaka, Zambia. That's going to be in October the 14th through the 24th. We're going to go to Zambia. Now, I need you to hear what I'm about to say about the trips. I have no other information at this time. That's all I have is I've held our place and I know how much it costs. Well, why would you tell us that? Because it takes a long time to get a passport. And if you want to go to Zambia, you need to apply for a passport now. It's also very expensive to go to Zambia. It's expensive to go to Alaska. So you can start saving your money. We'll get you more information when we have it. Right now, we just wanted to get you dates and details about it so that you could start dreaming and praying and planning. We're looking at a third trip that might be here in the States, but I don't have enough information yet to share that with you. One of the things that I'm convinced about missions and that I've seen a promise that God has made to me that I believe he's made to our church is that as we continue to build his kingdom, God will take care of his church. So we keep sowing into the least, the last, and the lost here and around the world. Now, Speaking of his church, I want to show you the drone footage of the new building. This is what we're uh, planning to start building very, very soon. Here's our current entrance to the church. And then as you move to the south, you can see where we connect right near the cafe. The goal is that it doesn't look like two buildings. It looks like one building that has always been there. New cafe, new common space, new worship center, 715-ish seats, and then some multi-purpose space that we desperately need that can be used in a variety of ways. This space we're in right now becomes next generation space, stage and worship center on this side, games and recreation for them on this side. Let me show you a quick photo from the architect. This is a rendering of what some of that common space could look like. You can look out on the mountains of Bartlesville from the cafe at Spirit Church. So yeah, it's pretty awesome, but love that stone, love the colors, love the natural light. The only thing it's missing is you. We need more people in there. So we launched this campaign in April. We started receiving funds in May, and to date we have received $244,840, so almost a quarter of a million dollars since we started. So thank you for your faithful giving to that. Our plan moving forward is that at the end of last week, a bid packet went out to contractors. It was literally as thick as these three books together, and those contractors have about a month to look over that and then to submit their bids to our general contractor who will then give us a letter of recommendation. We will agree to a max price. And you need to know I'm bigger than the general contractor. So I may have to wrestle him to the ground. We're going to get that max price. I need you to be praying about that, that we get the max price that God wants us to pay, not that everybody else wants us to pay. And then our goal would be to have a business meeting where the church would vote for and approve the plan going forward. Then we'd have a groundbreaking uh, and we'd start construction. If it was up to our contractor, we would have already started construction, but we want to make sure we do things the right way. And so we're taking a little bit of time with it, but hopefully mid to late November, we'll be breaking ground and construction will start. How many love good news? Everybody? In August and September thus far, we have seen 87 people say yes to Jesus at Spirit Church. 
Some of that was with Pastor Daniel and Emily. Emily, that's your name. It's Spirit Youth. Some, some of it in our kids' ministry services with uh, Melanie and Sherry and their teams back there and several in here. Let me let you know about a couple of big events coming up and then we'll get right into the word quickly. Unfortunately, there are times when the DHS workers have to go into a home and have to remove a child. And they've reached out and been in communication with us because it's an unfortunate event because when the child is taken from the home, they have nothing, just what they're wearing. And so what they've asked us is, can we provide backpacks for children who get taken from the home that have pajamas, that have maybe a blanket, that have some games or some, some things for them, some activities for them to do. We've also got age-appropriate Bibles that we can give them, baby's first Bible story, the beginner Bible, or for the older kiddos, the action Bible. But could we put together backpacks that uh, in the event, and when this happens, unfortunately it does, that the worker has a bag from Spirit Church that we can just tangibly share love, joy, and peace with the foster family, with the child has been removed in that traumatic situation, and they at least have a sense of stability and a feeling of love in that moment. If you're willing and able to sign up, there's a sign-up sheet out at the info table. You could say, yeah, I can buy a backpack. I can fill that backpack. Count me in. We already have a list of names and sizes that we need uh, purchased and ready to go. So if you want to go do that today or this week, the sign-up info is there. And then we need some folks who say, I can just be available on the ready. When they call and we need something, count me in. I'll make sure that it's ready to go. So if you're able to do that, that's one way that we can serve our community. On October the 28th, we have a grocery giveaway coming up. Danny, our director of operations, has secured this for us. So Convoy of Hope will be coming back again. We'll be bagging groceries through the week. And then at 10 a.m. on that Saturday morning, we'll be giving out groceries to those in our community. As you heard Gabby say on the video, 99th birthday of Spirit Church is coming up on October the 8th. That's amazing that God's been so faithful. You've been so faithful for 99 years. Maybe not you've been here all those 99 years, but for part of it. In all three worship experiences, we're going to have communion, and we're also going to have baptisms. So if you've never been baptized, and the Lord's been speaking to you about publicly professing your faith, October 8th is your Sunday. You can sign up online at spirit.church slash sign up, and we're going to rejoice over the past. We're going to prepare for the future, and if you know me, you know there's probably going to be some surprises and some special things that the team is working on for that. <clears throat> you say, how can I help? How can I get involved? Go to spirit.church slash sign up and click on Team Spirit. We right now could use some more kids ministry volunteers, some cafe workers, some people who can play instruments well. Did you hear the last part of that? Um, there's so many opportunities for you to get involved. So if you'll go to spirit.church slash sign up and get involved, we know the Lord wants to use your gifts and your talents and your skills and abilities because he's doing a good work. I want to ask if you would stand with me. We're going to go to the end of all text in a second. But before we do, I can't share all of this good news with you without us stopping to thank God for what he has done, but to pray and believe that greater things are yet to come. Amen? Let's start just by thanking him. Lord Jesus, you've done a good work. You're the one who's been faithful. You're the one who hasn't changed. And for almost... Uh, ten decades, Lords, we've seen you move and minister in this community, not just through this church, through all the churches, Lord. And that's what we want. There are hurting and broken people in this city, and they need you. 
Would you use us, God? We surrender and yield ourselves to you. Would you use us for your glory? Would you do a great work? We know that you're not done. 99 years is amazing, but it's just a drop in the bucket. And should Jesus tarry, you're going to use this church for another 99 years. And we thank you and we praise you for it. This morning, as your word goes forth, would you communicate clearly to each of us? Would you challenge us and change us, make us more like you? Would my voice not be heard this morning? Would your Holy Spirit communicate and speak to us exactly what we need to hear? We give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd stay standing for a second, I want to put the In the Vault text on the screen for you this morning. We're talking about this principle of followership. And the first lesson of followership is that if nobody's following, you're not leading. But the second principle of followership is that to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. We have to learn how to follow Jesus. Timothy was learning how to follow Paul in this verse. And we've been working on it all week. And I want to thank Nate and our friends. Oh, I'm sorry, all month. I want to thank Nate and our friends at Omega Chocolate. Today, if you know the In the Vault text and can recite it at the quotation stations, you get a card good for one mini gelato at Omega Chocolate, located right there by the Painted Horse. And so thank you for supporting Spirit Church and the In the Vault text. But let's say it together and let's make this happen on three. One, two, three. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. God bless you as you're seated this morning. So in this passage, Paul is mentoring Timothy, but I want, if you have your Bible or your phone, I want you to go to James chapter 4, because we've been taking lessons from James. As, As Paul was mentoring Timothy, so James is mentoring all of us, and he's helping us to learn how to follow Jesus, and to follow his example, and his life, and his leadership. We talked about the first principle was wisdom. He said, if you lack wisdom, you can ask our generous and gracious God, who gives it freely, He talked about the intersection or the combination of faith plus works, that we can't just have faith, but we have to have action or works that back that up. Last week, we talked about taming the tongue, and I got some feedback on that message. People said, it's it's very easy for me to tame my tongue. It's harder for me to tame my face. You can hold the words in, but you can't, you can't adjust the look that is going across. And when I announced last week, we're going to talk about taming the tongue, nobody applauded, nobody clapped, nobody got excited. Today, we're going to talk about submission. Oh, wow. I wasn't expecting that we were going to get an applause today. I think you did that just to throw me off my game, didn't you? But really, when we talk about submission, we're going to frame it through the, lane, the lens that James does. And that is submission allows us to overcome the enemy. I don't don't know if it's just me and I'm selfish, but I love it when the devil loses. Because I hate Satan. I've seen and I'm tired of him picking on families and marriages and people. I'm tired of seeing him bind people up with addictions and troubles and putting stuff in people's ways. And Jesus even, he told us as much. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart I have overcome the world. And so as followers of Jesus, we too can overcome, but not in our strength, as we rely on what God has for us. You know, when I was about 15 years old, I had just gotten 
the treasured learner's permit. Anybody remember the day when you got the learner's permit? And they scared you because they said, when you get the learner's permit, if you do anything wrong, we're taking it away and you can't get your license till you turn 18. And that's like a death sentence to a kid who's 15, about to be 16, thinking, I'm going to have freedom. I'm going to get to drive my car. And so I was, I was kind of scared or intimidated. My dad took me deer hunting one weekend. The lease was about three hours away from our home. And we'd gotten out of the big city and onto some country roads. We'd stopped at a Sonic and had, had a burger and some onion rings and tater tots. And it was my turn to drive. And, and I didn't know how to drive very well. And so what I thought you did was you push the accelerator till you got to the required speed and then you let off the accelerator so that you didn't go over and then once you decelerated enough you push on it again and get back to the speed and then you let off because you never want to go over because you might get ticketed now we didn't have cruise control you young people that get those cruise control we didn't have that in the vehicles we drove cruise control was you learning to hold your foot in just the right space and my dad ended up getting sick on the drive because we were accelerating and decelerating faster and slower and finally with a belly full of sonic he said can you not just hold consistent pressure on the pedal and many times our spiritual lives are like Jason as a 15-year-old driver that we don't know how to consistently, faithfully, daily walk with Jesus. And so we hammer down and ramp up and then we let off and coast back. We're going along and things are smooth and then we come against temptation or trouble and we let off. That we seem to be navigating well and for whatever reason we can't just hold that consistency in our lives. The thing is we know that Satan is going to attack us. We know that he is ruthless and that he is bloodthirsty and especially when we are a threat to his kingdom, he wants nothing more than to try to destroy us. And James comes to us in James chapter 4 and verse 7 and he talks to us about overcoming. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts you double-minded. So in these two verses, James gives us a pattern, a template, a paradigm, an example, a way, if you will, for overcoming the attacks of Satan. He says that we have to submit and resist, that we have to draw near, and that we have to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. And when we do those things, we're assured, we're promised, because God's word is always true, that Satan will flee from us. So this morning we're talking about followers who know how to submit. In, in other words, followers who are overcomers. And I want to show you biblically how we can overcome. It's the pattern that James just outlined for us. Here's the first way that we can overcome is submit to God. James chapter 4 and verse 7, that's how it starts right there. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The first line, submit yourselves. Other translations would read it this way. Humble yourselves before the Lord. In the Greek language, the original word that James meant there was hupatasso. It's a Greek military term. It means to arrange by troop divisions in military fashion under the command of the leader. So you would have your general, and then you would have those under the generals, and then you would have all the way down to the sergeants and to the privates, and they would be arranged in such a way that showed authority and that showed leadership in that term of submission. Now, when the word submit wasn't used as a military term, it was a uh, voluntary um, cooperation, an attitude of giving in and submitting to authority. So what does it mean when James tells me to submit myself to God? It means that I surrender 
my will, my ways to God's control. It's easy to say amen to, and it's harder to live out, isn't it? To surrender, to give over, to fully give to him. So not on the screens, but let's talk for just a second. How then do I submit to God? If we agree that that is one way that we can overcome the enemy, that we should be people who submit to God, how do I do it? Well, let me give you three quick ways. Number one, we recognize that he is greater than we are. We recognize that he is the God of the universe and the only reason I'm living and breathing and walking and talking right now is because he is enabling me to do that. In him we live and we move and we have our being. It's his breath that is filling our lungs and so I recognize that he is God. The second thing that I do to, to overcome or to submit is to act like he is greater than me. It's one thing to recognize it it's a whole different thing to act and to pattern my life as if he truly is greater, as if he does have authority, as if he is in control. So I recognize that he is greater and more worthy of praise. And then I act like he is greater and I follow his leadership. But then the third thing that I do is I listen and respond to his command. I listen for and respond to his command. If he has authority in my life, if I was in the military, I would listen to the voice of my leader and I would respond immediately to the command of my leader. If I'm in a non-military fashion, I listen for the voice of my wife. And I respond to the voice of my wife. She's serving in our kids' ministry this morning. But we listen and we respond to the command of the leader. So we recognize that God is greater than us. We act in such a way that he is and we listen and respond to what he's saying we submit to God but then the second key that James tells us to overcome is to resist the devil he says that we are to submit to God but that we're also to resist the devil James chapter 4 verse 7 submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you the word resist is also a military term it urges Christians to not only stand our ground, but to not surrender, to not give in to the attacks of Satan. In fact, the original Greek word means to be hostile towards or to stand against. Now, this is what we normally do. When the enemy is coming against us, we resist, meaning we brace and we hold on, right? This is our resistance position. But when you look at resistance as according to James, it's not just hold on and hope that it ends, it's that we turn and we take the fight to the enemy and say, oh no, no, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. If God be for me, who could ever be against me? And instead of just holding on and hoping that the fight ends, we turn it and we take it back to him. Donald Stamps wrote the uh, study notes for the Fire Bible, the student edition. It's the one I study from. I don't, I don't bring it on stage because it, it's falling apart and it's old. And so this is the pretty Bible that comes on stage. But in that Bible, he wrote these words. He says, the key to spiritual victory is not your own resistance toward the devil, but your complete submission to God. And see, we should. We should turn and take the fight to the enemy. We should attack him when he is attacking us, not just standing back and taking it. But we can't do that unless we first submitted ourselves to Jesus. When, when we read the verse, we, we say, oh yeah, the devil will flee when we resist him. He will flee when we submit to God and resist him. There has to be the intersection. These have to work together because otherwise we get discouraged. I'm trying to resist. I'm holding on with all my might. I'm fighting as best I know how, 
But our strength doesn't come from ourselves. Our strength comes from the Lord, and that's why we submit to him. That's what followership is all about. It's submitting to Jesus. And as followers, we can be overcomers. We can overcome the attacks of the enemies in the third of the enemy. And the third thing that God tells us through the book of James is that we're to draw near. It says that we're to submit to God, that we're supposed to resist the devil. But the third thing we're told is draw near to God. James chapter 4 and verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So God is asking and inviting and welcoming us to draw near and what does that mean to draw near well when I think about drawing near to Robin my wife I think about starting to move in her direction that might be stepping that might be scooching that might be sliding but I am somehow in some way moving closer to her and in the same way I want to move or step or scooch or slide closer to Robin we have to step closer to God how do we do that well we we step closer to God in prayer in daily taking time to pray and not just speak our requests but listen to God's voice and let him share his heart with us I draw closer to him in my Bible reading maybe God's challenging me to a new Bible reading plan where I read through the entire Bible maybe God's encouraging me to memorize more scripture like the in the vault text we move closer to God in worship and I sing wholeheartedly or I clap my hands on beat when it's appropriate to clap or I lift my hands in wholehearted surrender and praise to the Lord, doing things that are moving myself closer. Maybe I move closer with my finances and say, God, I'm trusting you with all of it. Here is my tithe. Here is my offering. I'm giving you complete control. Maybe it's like we talked about last week. I'm trusting you with my words, and before a word comes out of my mouth, I'm going to consider it and make sure that it edifies, that it encourages, that it pleases, that it lifts you up and lifts other people up. I'm moving closer to him. I'm drawing near to him and as I'm drawing near to him the Bible tells me that I will overcome the attacks of the enemy the followers are overcomers the fourth thing that it tells us is to cleanse our hands and to purify our hearts it says that we submit to God that we resist the devil that we draw near to the Lord and then we cleanse our hands and purify our hearts James 4a cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you who are double minded I've seen this verse, you've probably seen this verse, we've heard this concept a lot, but what we miss sometimes is that throughout the Bible, hands and heart are often connected. There's an interesting intersection of the word hands and heart and of the cleansing and purification of our hands and our hearts. Psalm 24, verses 3 and 4 says this, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully we read about it again in the new testament in second corinthians chapter 7 and once again we see hands and heart working together paul says because we have these promises dear friends let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body our hands or our spirit our hearts and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God, I didn't tell the first service this, I might not tell the last one, but I want to tell you this. Because we fear God, we want to be holy. Not because we're required to fall in line, not because he has his thumb on us, not because he wants to see how tough or difficult he can make our lives or how much he can convince us to obey him. We want to be holy because we are so in love with God. 
because we are so blown away by how great he is because we are so amazed at the work that he has done for us and so when he says that we're to cleanse our hands and purify our hearts we ask ourselves a question how do we do that how does that happen because i want to i love god so much that i don't want to have dirty hands i don't want to have an impure heart i want to come before god's throne with with clean hands and a pure heart i want my actions my words everything that i touch to be upright and right standing before him how can i do that you can't you can't cleanse your hands you can't purify your heart he's already done it he's already done it on calvary the blood of jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins has already cleansed us from our sins all we can do is respond to what he has already done for us you ever old enough to remember lava soap my dad had lava soap in the garage it's so gritty and awful and when your mom said i'm going to wash your tongue out with soap you were just praying it wasn't lava right i mean those of you that are young don't know lava soap is literally like taking lava it's like sandpaper that you rub on your hands and you know sometimes nowadays with the bath and body you smell good but you're not sure you're clean you know what i'm talking about like well, it sure does smell good i don't know if it's clean or not but you know sweater weather or warm vanilla spice or whatever it is with lava soap you know you're clean because you're like bleeding because that's been so rough on your hands there is no amount of lava soap in the world that can cleanse your hands but the blood of jesus has already cleansed our hands and purified our hearts our response is to live in a way that is worthy of the sacrifice of jesus for us i can't cleanse myself he already has so then i live as a person who has been made right in god's sight because of what jesus has done i live an over, an overcoming lifestyle because i recognize i was bought with a high price not because i'm good not because i'm worthy but because he declares i'm worth it you should look at somebody near you right now and just tell them you're worth it you're worth it he did that for me he did that for you you're worth it and we ought to live like people who are worth it i'm going way off the script for a minute but you know half the problem that we're seeing in this world right now is that most people don't think they're worth it anymore and so they'll live in whatever way they want to they'll do whatever they think they can because they're trying to find worth our worth doesn't come from our clothes or the number of followers that we have or anything that this world can see or measure or judge our worth comes because he declares that we are worthy because his son died to make us worthy that's where our worth comes from that's what our worth is about and as people who have been made worthy by the blood of jesus we ought to live in a way that reflects the sacrifice of christ I didn't mean to get that preachy this morning. Maybe I should. So as followers, we're overcomers. And the way that we overcome is that we submit to God, we resist the devil, we draw near to God, we cleanse our hearts and our hands, and until we learn how to do these things, you're going to be like me as a 15-year-old driving. You're going to accelerate sometimes, and then you're going to coast. And then you're going to push it forward, and then you're just going to hang back. And that's not God's intention for us. It's His intention that we keep living and growing and maturing consistently in our faith. But when we learn to do those things, when we learn what it means to truly submit to God, and when we learn how to resist the devil, not just hold on, but take the fight back to him, I'm so sick of him winning. I'm so tired of what he's doing to people. We gotta take the fight back to him. We're not fighting in our own strength. 
Romans chapter 8 says, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I gotta calm down. When we learn how to draw near to God, truly draw near to him, not just say we're drawing near, but to truly draw closer to him in, in prayer and in praise and in the word and by giving him control of all. And then when we live like people who have truly been redeemed, when followers learn how to overcome, the Bible tells us that the enemy will flee from us. James chapter four and verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, that word flee, every word of scripture is intentional and purposeful and is there for a reason. Because the word flee does not just mean he will leave you alone. The word flee is the original word fuego, not fuego, fugo. Fuego is the Spanish word for fire. Sorry, (laughs) fugo. Fugo, and fugo means to run away from danger. So if you're Iva and the enemy's coming up and he's trying to attack you and he's coming after you, but you're overcoming and you're submitting to God and you're resisting the devil and you're drawing near and you're cleansing your hands and you're uh, purifying your heart, I gotta unbutton my jacket. He's not just gonna back off and go, I guess I should leave her alone. He's gonna realize that all of heaven is against him, that he's already defeated, and he's gonna start running in the other direction because he wants to escape danger. That's what the word means. That's what it means when it says he will flee from you. It means he will try to escape to avoid danger. So this morning, a question I wanna ask you before we wrap up is, are you bound? Are you suffering? Are you struggling? Are you tempted? Are you under attack? You can overcome and not just overcome, you can see the enemy run from you scared. But you have to submit yourself to God. You have to resist the devil. You have to draw near to God. You have to cleanse your hands and your heart knowing that he's done it first, that we live in a way that we're honoring and glorifying him. But that first word, That one that I said we weren't going to get applause for. Submit. Submit. We don't like that word. It's an ugly, dirty word. Don't don't use that word in my wedding ceremony. Don't say that word. I don't want to talk about submission. But that's where it starts. I surrender all. That's what she's playing. I surrender all. And we like to say, I'll surrender most of the parts. I'll surrender some of the times. I'll surrender when everything is good. I mean, when everything is bad, but when things are good, then I get to do it my way. When things are bad, I'll run back and I'll apologize and I'll try to make it right so that the pain and the suffering will go away. No, I surrender all at all times. I submit myself to the Lord. We did this the other day. We didn't bow our heads and we didn't close our eyes. We can do that again this morning, but you might be here right now and the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about this crucial first step of, of submitting yourself to God, about giving him total control, about saying yes to Jesus. And maybe at some point in your life you said yes to Jesus, but you're, you're not the same. You've made decisions and choices and, and you've, 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 you've not been drawing near to God. You've not been submitting. You've not been living like a person who's worthy God hasn't changed. He's still the same. He's still beckoning and calling you to come to him. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe he's never been made the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've never fully surrendered and submitted yourself to him. This morning is your morning. This is your opportunity. The enemy has been winning in your life far too much. And you've let Satan into the VIP section and you need to kick him out to the street. 
It's time right now. It's time right now. Not playing games, not toying around with it. We don't have time for that stuff anymore, y'all. We're trying to reach the least, the last, and the lost. There are people that need Jesus. If you need to say yes to Jesus this morning, just lift your hand. What are people going to think if I lift my hand? They're going to think you need Jesus. That's plain and simple. Thank you for lifting your hand. Thank you for lifting your hand. Anybody else that you want to lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you for lifting that hand. Thank you. Thank you. People all over this room lifting that hand. This is what it's about, submitting to Jesus. Now, those of you in this room that have seen people lift your hands, now you're on the record because you need to pray for those people too. That's not what it's about. It's not to show off, oh, they did this or that. No, we're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. We're one in him. Anybody else? You say, I'm saying yes to Jesus this morning. I want to be courageous in my faith. I went fast. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible says if we, oh, thank you. I almost missed some. Thank you. I'm sorry. I I rushed off. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. People this morning just raised their hands and they said, I believe. And you know what? They had a lot of courage this morning because all of us were looking. But now there's a moment of confession. There's a prayer that we pray. It's the first of many. It's not the end. This is the starting point. I want us to all pray this prayer together. Would you bow your heads with me and and repeat this prayer, whether you're watching it online or you're listening to me on the radio right now or you're here in the house. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we rejoice over what God's doing? Would you stand with me if you're able to do so this morning? We're going to close how we've been trying to close each, uh, each time that we've had together this month. If you'd bow your head for a second, I just want you to pray a very simple prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? The Holy Spirit's always speaking. We ask this at the beginning of the message that his voice would fill our hearts. Now let's just take a second and pause in his presence. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? for just a moment in his presence and we allowed his voice to speak to us I know without a doubt that there are many of you that you needed to hear this morning how to overcome because you feel like for a long time you haven't been able to do that and for whatever reason you've been bound you've been trapped you've been chained but you're desperate for freedom and I just sense that what the Lord is saying to you this morning is that there is freedom for you there is freedom. Anybody in the room that you just say, yeah, that's me. I need freedom. Would you just lift your hand? Say, yeah, that's me. I need freedom. I need freedom. I need 
there's hands up around the room. If somebody near you has a hand up, would you put a hand on their shoulder or make a point of contact? Look around and see where the hands are. Keep your hands high for just a second. Let's make sure people are being prayed with and prayed for. Lord, thank you for freedom. You've you've caused us to triumph and to prosper. You said that we are more than conquerors. You're causing us to overcome. And so we ask that you would break the addictive chains that have been the enemy has set, the traps that he has put in our way for that one that feels like they can never get ahead, that they're stuck. We pray today that they would overcome. Help us to understand this pattern that you have given us that we need to submit first to you, that we need to resist the devil by fighting back, that we draw near to you. That's where our strength comes from. And then we live lives worthy of one who has died for us. Lord, help us. Help us. We can't do it on our own strength. We can't do it on our own strength. But you have come that we might have freedom. Freedom from the pain of sin and of death. You have set us free. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom that you give to us today. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. Would you just give the Lord praise and thank him for the freedom that he's given? Man, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to see what God's going to do through this church. Amen. He is doing some incredible things. And if we really do submit to God, what more can he do? You know, it's going to be even greater if we all just say yes to him. So, hey, as we leave today, I just want to say thank you for entrusting your next generation students to us. Tonight, we're going to have an awesome time, and we're going to encourage you guys, please let your students come and be a part of something bigger than themselves. We're going to be serving some Incrustable sandwiches for our youth kids, and those things are some of my favorites, so I can only imagine what it's like to a teenager. So make sure your kids come and hang out with us tonight. But, hey, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all as we leave today. If you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.